So we are back. We're here. We're doing it again. A couple more decorations on the shelves. A yep. little bit. Zach did follow through on his promise with uh, It looks nice up there. I like it. Basketball from the All-Star game. So that's a, a nice addition we have. We have a couple other other things that have gone up and still working on it. Still work in progress. That's right. But uh you know I don't know. <laughs> that that Tried to add on to that. There was nothing there. It was empty. It was empty. Crickets. <laughs> but, uh, man, yeah, it's a work in progress. So right. I'm going to edit all that out. I'm sure you will. <laughs> what is the origin of the bowling pin? There's a yeah. great story behind that bowling pin, and the story is it came with my office. I see. <laughs> Beginning and end, that's a, it. A lot of sentimental value <laughs> there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so that might be our first auction piece when we uh, no, have our first GPS no. to God auction. No, it's got to stick with us. Yeah, we'll uh, throw that out there. It, it could be had now pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you've already heard from our guests. We're very excited to have Mr. Tim Morris with us. Welcome officially. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are uh, very excited. We Tim has a story that we have not heard yet. We have not broached this topic yet. New so one. I, I'm very excited to mm-hmm. hear from him. He's For a little sure. nervous, boys, so make him feel at ease. Oh, no need I, and all that. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I mean, I just... I think people, when they watch him, they would never have known he was nervous if no. I would not have said something. But <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> Way to make that clear. Great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we are glad you're here. We need to say uh, thank you for listening. We're glad you're here. Uh, please like, subscribe, share with your friends and family. Uh, you can email us, GPS to God. That is this podcast. You can email us, podcast at parkwaybc.net. Podcast at parkwaybc.net. Let us know what you want to hear about. If there's a certain story or a person you know that would tell it, we'll try and track them down. But uh, we can settle debates. We can do all that kind of kind of stuff. So, But, Tim, we're going to jump right into it because uh, I think it's going to take the whole time here. Even though he, he is uh, apprehensive in that, he thinks it's going to be five minutes and done. Fifteen, he said. Did 15. he say fifteen? He, he said bumped 15. it up. After yeah. editing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Tim. Tim has a, a very unique story. I don't want to steal all of his thunder, so I, I'm going to let you kind of pick where you want to start here, but kind of go back and tell us a little bit about your life um, coming up. As- well, uh, let's see. If we go back to childhood, um, we roamed the country. My father was with TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. Uh, so we were all over America, up north, down south, out west, uh, either one damn project after another. <laughs> and That's for a joke, that, Ryan. Come on. I got it. I got it. My eyes, my eyes might have got a little big at first, but then I, I clicked in. I understood what you were saying. Slow learner over there. And for those you said, what? out there that aren't uh, aware of that, the Tennessee Valley Authority uh, – primarily built dams on reservoirs, uh, four reservoirs, or nuclear reactors, uh, steam plants, everything for energy production. Um, And Dad was with them, so as a result of being his son, I got to travel all over America, too. Probably 12, 13 different schools in my 12 years. Wow. 
Um, wow. Never easy. No. And the whole time, you know, we are going to church everywhere we go. And I was raised in a, um, a legalistic church system. Guess I shouldn't mention, but anyway, legalistic. <laughs> um, with focus, uh, as far as I'm concerned, on what you do, uh, a work salvation kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was a child. I don't know if that ever disagreed with me. I just took it for granted. You know, it's all I knew. But I don't know, as as I got older... You know, you end up seeing what you hear at church. You don't really see outside of church. Mm. Um, I, I see that in in legalistic systems or, or, or religions, and, and I use the word religion because it, it's more to me of a what do I need to do on a weekly basis or whatever to appease Zeus you know now he's happy check that box right now I can go on and live my life you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm through with that little part of it he's happy mm-hmm. case settled and, I'm, and now I can go live happily the rest of my week get on with real life but um, and, and that just I don't know it, it just disagreed with me and and at at what point there in my uh late teens to early twenties, I decided there was you know no such thing as a god uh i'm I'm not sure when that actually came about. I'm sure it was slowly and evolving mm-hmm. <clears throat> as I learned to uh uh preach mm-hmm. evolution mm-hmm. um so, uh, you know, as as time went on, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, I read more and more atheist stuff, mm. and that was the, the way I lived, atheistic. So for the in your teens into really most of your adult life, an atheist didn't believe in God at all. Mm-mm. And how... How did that affect the way you lived? So you you knew you mm-hmm. had heard about God in some form mm-hmm. as a child, decided this is untrue. Mm-hmm. There is no God. How did that affect the way you lived as an adult? Well, I would have said I was a good person. Um, you know, who needs God to be a good person, to do good deeds, to help the old lady across the street? You know, what's all the God crap got to do with anything? Um, you know, I'd been a self-employed barber for 30 years, uh, responsible, um, came home every night. Love my wife and daughters. Um, probably drove within 20 and 25 miles of the uh, posted speed limit. <laughs> um, probably paid. Russell, so, well, Russell I, 
Russell was probably on the opposite end of that 20 miles. Probably paid, you know, 75% of the uh, actual taxes that I owed. Okay. Um, And I preached uh, atheism to anybody that would sit in my chair and bring up fairy tales like God. Throughout those years, I I assume, how was your, like your parents, did you, how was that interaction growing up, how you were brought up and everything, and then the path you took, how did that? Uh, You know, that was another thing that that kept me in atheism. Um, Again, I, I felt church was on Sunday. Mm. Um, and once you leave church, you know, there was no attempt to share the gospel with me by my mother or father or brother or sister-in-law or anybody else. Okay. You know, they just, we got ours, you get yours. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, you know, which is a shame, you know, I, uh, that my father never talked to me about God, that my mother didn't, you know, that, mm, I don't know. It just, uh, that is a shame. Yeah. So as you kind of alluded to, you were a barber. Mm-hmm. That was your profession, which is, uh, I, I don't know, everybody. My dad was a barber. Everybody, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a barber, goes to a yeah. barber, but oh, yeah. we, we don't necessarily think about it until it's time to get a haircut. You know <laughs> what I mean? So today, we're going to go behind the scenes a little bit and uh, you know go, learn all things barber. You might be the only person that was behind the scenes of a barber. My mom was a hairstylist. She right. worked for oh. Sally's up in New Jersey. So. I'm the only person nice. here with See, no that one. Oh, yeah. hair yeah. stylist. My haircut is three ninety nine. <laughs> well. You need Bargain. A, you need a refund. Yeah, right. Do you see why we're at? <laughs> I shaved mine, so yeah. I'm <laughs> close. I'm close. Yeah, I would have starved to death waiting on your business. There you go. Life. There you go. Yes, yes. My wife, my wife used to, but yeah, um, yeah. And you know, when I was cutting hair, there was very little of your hairstyle around. Yeah. Uh, but it's very common these days, Season. the, the cue ball effect, or yeah. I guess in your case, the eight ball effect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great pool reference. We're going to talk about some pool playing here in yes. a little while as yes. well. But yes. Yes. for those of you that may be listening and can't see, Stefano has a shaved head. So Get up and go. That's right. But, Get up uh, and go. So as a barber, something you talked about downstairs before we came up here was paying for someone to sharpen scissors and do all this kind of stuff, just Mm. behind the scenes Mm -hmm. stuff. So can you tell the story about you buying scissors? Well, um, of course, I left barber school with a certain pair of scissors, and then I went to Sally's or some other place like that, a beauty supply house or a barber supply house and got an, you know, another decent pair of scissors, uh, probably spending $29. But then I went to this hair show and they were, uh, cutting hair up on stage as they do, you know, you know some new styles and they were using this particular brand of scissors, um, called Hakari 
a Japanese scissor. And, you know, they were just doing amazing things with these super sharp scissors. And it's just hard for me to describe the sharpness. I mean, what you have is two opposing razor blades. I mean, that's how sharp. I mean, sharp. And, you know, after the haircutting, they were trying to sell these scissors. And they would take a... uh, a t-shirt and cut a piece out of it and, and roll it up till it was about, you know, three quarters of an inch thick and two inches wide, three inches wide. So you could get a hold of this rolled up piece of cotton and they would open up the scissors and they would say, now just push that through. And, and you would, you, they would, the scissors would be open and you would just take this rolled up piece of cotton uh, t-shirt, which tightly rolled up, you know, and just push it through there, and it was, I mean, instantly cut. And I was like, whoa. And and what you can't really appreciate, if you haven't cut hair, when you stand up behind that chair all day long, and you're picking up a piece of hair, and you cut, and you pick up a piece of hair, and you cut, and you pick, you know, if you must work to make that cut, you know, snip, 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 mm-hmm. snip, you know, you are wearing out those hand muscles. Carpal tunnel at its finest. Carpal, at carpal tunnel at its <laughs> finest. You know, just brings on fatigue early in the day, whereas with a super sharp scissor. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you can appreciate this, but I know you have all used scissors mm-hmm. to cut a piece of material. And, and you probably can appreciate as you're using a pair of scissors you tend to kind of push with your thumb and pull with your other mm-hmm. finger to put them in a bind so that they cut. Mm-hmm. Well, with these scissors, that is the last thing on earth you would dream of doing. You would simply, I mean, you take them in each finger and just simply close them. <laughs> no bind. Do not bind them. Just simply close them, and they cut. Mm-hmm. So it was effortless cutting. You know, mm-hmm. So that at the end of the day, you weren't. You know, walking yeah. home with <laughs> the, 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 the Fred Sanford. <laughs> yeah, or the limp wrist. <laughs> so, obviously, with sharp scissors, you're going to cut yourself, cut your fingers, or cut a client mm. in the chair. Do you have a good story or, or two you might, might throw our way here? Mm. Cutting clients was minimal, thank you goodness but now in barber school all bets are off you're allowed to bring blood (laughs) yeah you know back when i went to barber school it was downtown nashville at fifth and broad Mm. i think there is some gigantic sports center there now or something of that nature but anyway there used to be a barber school there and 41 two years ago uh, if you're at fifth abroad there's going to be one or two people standing outside who could possibly be inebriated. <laughs> That's all you would find down in that part of the world. So That was before the downtown revitalization. It really, it, I mean, what a difference. Um, so we depended on these people for our clientele at the barber school. Mm. Plus it always, you know, they would only come in every six months and – if you screwed up their head, they really didn't care, yeah. you know. Or, yeah. Yeah. Plus, they were only paying 
two dollars. Yeah. What do you expect? <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, practicing shaving one day on one of them, and and you know, as unfortunately with uh, humans who get addicted to substances, you know, they can be thirty years old but look seventy five and have the wrinkles accordingly. So I was shaving this gentleman, and there's one aspect of shaving where you must use a backstroke coming down the cheek. And and, and this wasn't a safety razor. This is the real McCoy. <laughs> so I just gave it that stroke, and, and I didn't have his skin good and tight. I caught a wrinkle and opened that up. <laughs> but fortunately, he was fairly lit. <clears throat> And uh, he didn't hit me or anything. Uh, if that's the only time I'd been cut, I'd been mad. <laughs> but my, as far as I'm concerned, my worst, um, because, yes, they paid for haircuts at barber school, but I didn't see a dime of it. Of but here's a guy sitting in my chair at the barbershop, and he's paying me. And I'm snipping away with these, I failed to mention, Way back 38 years, 35 years, you know, these scissors were $250, oh, wow. which was yeah, a lot was, of money to yeah. a brother. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just just imagine buying that's $250 scissors today. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And these, you know, exact model scissors today are, you know, 900 950 Wow. I know. It, it, it is ridiculous. I wouldn't buy them today. <laughs> um. But anyway, I'm snipping away um, right behind a, a gentleman's right ear. And I'm just snipping away. And, and, and sometimes, as a barber, I would tend to run my mouth and have a conversation or trillion. <laughs> Boy, could I talk to some people. <laughs> anyway, so I'm yakking and I'm snipping and some people on their ears, there's particular lobes that stick out further than others. And his no longer sticks out on the right-hand side. I mean, I snap that piece of meat off instantly. Final, you need I a trash assume, can? No, oh, good. He, oh. He, I assume that was he a little bit worse reaction than the, than the guy that you were shaving? He took it pretty good. Really? Uh, wow. I think he even came back one more time. Wow. <clears throat> can, can you even up this other load for me? <laughs> can you even this out for me? Oh, wow. And it bled wow. and bled. Oh, it bled sure. so, 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 so bad. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, I mean, what did he have to complain about? I gave him a free haircut. <laughs> He's just missing the thing. <laughs> so... Like you said, you have conversations as people sit down in your chair. You're, how long were you an atheist while you were cutting hair? Like how long in for your career? Uh, 30. 30 years. Uh, uh. So 30 years as an atheist. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people sitting mm -hmm. in your chair during that time. And someone brings up God or mentions God or church or anything. Mm -hmm. What is that conversation like as an atheist? Because you have a captive audience. They can't go Oh, anywhere. yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Um, and it all depends on the person. Sometimes um, 
you know, it, it might just be something as simple as, uh, um, well, now, now we'll pray for you. And I said, well, thank you. you know, I don't believe it will do any good, but, you know, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate your thoughts. Mm. Or, or, you know, what I would love is, so why is it you that you don't believe in God? Well, let me, you know, mm. then I would go into whatever diatribe I had been reading about from various sources. Um, but, you know, it, it, the the thing is, the fleshly man just does not understand the spiritual things of God. You know, it, you're going to try to give me some Bible verse or something out of the Bible, and it is going to mean nothing to me. It just goes right over my head. Um. Because I, the fleshly man does not, and as Paul says, cannot understand the spiritual things of God. Not until he opens your heart. I mean, I believe it is a 100% work of God. So that's a great transition. What was your salvation story? How did you come to find Jesus? Yeah, what changed in your life? to make that to go well um you know i don't really remember the exact when and how of it but the lord didn't let's say crack open my heart as he just etched it in the knowledge of his existence and um and after that, I begin to uh, uh, talk with him a little, uh, you know, as I'm going to sleep. Mm. But, uh, uh, ooh, I'm ashamed to say, um, all of my conversations with him then at that point, you know, if you got any hopes or dreams of me believing in you God you better not let anything happen to my family you know I, I, I would threaten him people further along in, in a walk kind of do that too we try to conform God to us to change the creator of the universe and kind of flip roles with him and where we are in charge and we have no authority, even though we try mm. to live out authority in our lives. We have mm. no authority mm. and we try and switch roles with God way too often. Mm. Mm. I, I, you talk about having to repent for something. I, I mean, you know, I know that my sins are as far as the East is from the West and that once I repent from that issue, it's settled with the Lord God. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've still brought it up to him many times. I'm sorry, Father, for for those threats. I, I, you know, how he did not zap me dead immediately, you know, with his fully justified wrath. Uh, it's just another... One of his amazing acts of mercy and grace. Your wife, you, you've been married for how long? 
Um, so let's see. We married in '89, so <laughs> that's a good year. <laughs> she great was year. Obviously, married to you while you were an atheist. Oh yeah. Was she a believer in God? She was, always was. Um, although when we married, she wasn't attending any church, and then my family moved to town, um, and. She started attending church with them. Uh, and then we had a child, and she began to take the child to church. Um, and she got involved. Uh, it, it Church was more to her than just checking the box on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, make no mistake, once I started reading the Bible, when I got to the third chapter of Second Peter and read about... You know the the wife who doesn't nag the husband on when you coming to church with me when you coming to you know mm. no she never did she just was the godly woman just acted out god likeness uh, just for an example to me now it didn't do any good you go right ahead and go to church babe I'm going fishing. I would assume she was praying for you. She, you know, once she had a, a deeper relationship herself, she was praying for you. And uh, do you think that had an impact on the etching of your heart? Just kind of that little crack of the door that you opened up for, you know, maybe God exists. The prayers? Yes, her prayers. Oh, uh, without question. Um you know, it's something that I cannot explain because God knows all before it ever happens. It's all under his sovereign will that he ordains. That being said, you know, we do not change God's mind. Uh, again, I, I cannot explain it, and there's so many uh, uh, doctrines of the Bible that can't be explained uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there's a long list of them as far as I'm concerned uh, that, that can't be explained. Um, you just have to accept them that that's God. His ways are higher than ours, um, and and go on with it. He's God, and I'm not. And and, and I can I can accept that with no problem. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, to attempt to take them apart and and try to explain them is your broken arrogance of uh, of a fallen man. But those prayers. I cannot tell you how many people I had to hug and thank <laughs> up to six months, a year later, I would meet them. We prayed for you. Thank you. You know, you just have to embrace them and, and, and yeah. thank them for. So you had a, a conversations with God at night where you were kind of pleading with him or or trying to command him. Yeah, command and threaten. If you, if you want me, here's the conditions uh-huh. you have to abide uh-huh. by, God. How did that change? When did it get deeper for you? Let me go right back to the wife one more. You know, she didn't hassle me, and I didn't hassle her. Uh, Strobel, what's Strobel's first name? Les? Is it? Uh, the, no. the, the author... Yeah. The atheist yeah. that anyway, there's a feller named Strobel. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> we don't associate with them. But he was um 
A really good book. Uh, uh, the Case for Christ. You might have heard yes. of that book. Yes. yes. Lee. Lee, Lee. Strobel. I said less. 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 Okay. Close. Okay. Close. Close. <laughs> anyway, he Two did hassle his wife. You know, mm-hmm. why are you going to that church? What? Mm-hmm. Where are you taking my money? <laughs> <clears throat> Whereas I never did. I mean, I have no idea what my wife gave, and I didn't ask. And, um, you know, I, she went and did her thing. I went and did mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, as Paul says in Romans 1, suppressing the truth. Mm-hmm. But then, and it's just, God is such an amazing God. My goodness. But... um there was a, a guy sitting in my chair, and we always had some pretty good philosophical conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one wonderful thing about being a bar- barber. Um, it, it, the variety of humans that sit in your chair. I, I mean, I, I, there's just probably no end to what I learned on a million different subjects over 40 years because of the variety of people. You know, a, like teaching our class tonight was a dentist, you know, I had those mm-hmm. sitting in my chair. So, you know, I know what number 14 occlusal is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surgeons, plumbers, electricians, uh, goodness gracious. It's, and, and I would, uh, you know, a haircut that, you know, like your haircut that should take, 30 seconds <laughs> i'd spend a solid 30 minutes with you just you know picking your brain oh yeah <clears throat> it's an experience um, and one of those persons you know as i said we we always had some interesting talks was trying to was telling me about a book he had read um and and how i should read it and i was like wow well, I, I might entertain that um and then, and here's what's so unique, is he had a good friend, which is my wife's cousin. And, and again, this gentleman and, the, and my wife's cousins are good friends, but neither one of them knows they have anything to do with me. You know. So he's telling me about this book, and um, she starts to tell me about it and delivers the book to me. Again, she knows nothing of him. And and it really wasn't until 10 years later, uh, you know, just recounting again uh, and as, as he and I were talking and I mentioned Teresa um, so-and-so and he was like, what? I mean, <laughs> well, I've known her since. And I was like, Really? I just cannot believe the way the Lord, uh, that's just so amazing. So anyway, I started reading this book, and um, it was maybe halfway into this book that uh, the Lord cracked it wide open my heart with the knowledge of his amazing love, uh, that, that kindness that brings you to repentance and melted me to the ground. Perhaps y'all have heard of this book. It's called The Shack. But this book, um, 
to me, it just laid out the amazing love and grace of the Lord Jesus and God, the father and the Holy spirit. Um, you know, one issue that so many people had a problem with right out of the gate is the way God, the father reveals himself to the protagonist of the book as a large black female. That can't be. <laughs> and of course, I mean, and of course what the, the gentleman is having is a dream. It's a very real dream to him. But, you know, to me, you know, without question, God the Father is Father to me. Mm. Him, His, He, all of the personal possessive pronouns yeah. are His. Mm -hmm. uh, masculine pronouns, without question. That's what He's called. That being said, He made them in His image, He made them male and female. God is spirit. Um, the great God of creator of the universe is father to me. But at the same time, I do not even remotely begin to believe that he would lower himself to a gender. What the book showed to me was, and again, who can argue with this, that he is willing to leave the 99 to go after the one, you know, how much the Lord God will go through to win one of his own back to him. After you were saved, how long were you a barber after that point? About That would be another 10 years. So for the last 10 years, thousands of people again sit mm -hmm. down in your chair. What are those conversations like now? if somebody maybe has the opposite viewpoint and they don't believe in God? Well, uh, so many different um, conversations there, uh, depending on who it was sitting in the chair. First of all, there were so many conversations that went like, hey, Barbara, hey, Jim, the Lord saved me. And I want to apologize to you for yeah. anything that mm. well. I ever said that offended you when I was an idiot. But uh, I've been removed from the kingdom of darkness and delivered to the, the light of his son. And, and, of course, those were just joyful occasions, hugs mm. and, and thanks and praise to God. Um, and then there were others, um, yeah, I would bring up, uh, if somebody started that atheistic kind of stuff or, well, I just don't really believe that I had trouble letting that go. I lost a couple of people over, over that, uh, sure. <clears throat> but yeah, I just, oh, you know, once the Lord has saved you. You just don't know what you're missing, you know. You uh, you really need to hear this. That was one of my questions was, or that I was going to ask was just how hard of a process was this to leave, whether it was 
friends, family, if it if that meant that, as far as just going from being an atheist to being a Christian now? It was not uh, difficult at all for me. Uh, um, after the Lord opened up my heart, and, and and I knew that I had been justified, I mean, it was... I don't know, the next day, the next two or three days, I'm picking up the Bible and, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I want to read about this Lord Jesus. Mm. Um, and, and it worked out really good because the wife was uh, going off to summer camp with the kids. So she was gone the entire week overnight. So every night I had, you know, the house to myself, and mm. I would sit there and read the Word of God. And then after she got back, oh, it might have been another week. You know, I told her, you know, honey, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that uh, he died for my sins and, you know, was resurrected and, and, and I would like for you to baptize me. Um. And she had to, you know, call the pastor and say, is it okay for me to baptize him? Uh, He goes, sure. But, yeah, that was uh, my first act of obedience. And I remember telling the wife, um, now, and and what a joyful occasion that was. In fact, I told her, I said, I want you to hold me down in the water a little bit. I I want to talk to... (laughs) To God for just a second down there. <laughs> well, don't forget to bring me up. <laughs> but all oh, that whole afternoon, oh man, it was just so beautiful. Um, but then I remember telling her too, you know, once we got home, no, and this was a Sunday afternoon after she came home for church. We went to the lake, and um, I said, now. Just because I've done all this, you know, don't be thinking I'm going to be going to church with you. And I had no intentions of going to church with her. Hmm. That lasted until the next Sunday. And I had to go to church, you know, even her church. Um, I had to be around like-minded believers. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to sing to God. I wanted to uh, share in communion, and uh, I had to go, and been going ever since, uh, which that's been 13 years ago, Uh, and, you know, I I would go to the library and get these books on tape. I got every everything I could get about the apostles and their life and their history and Jesus and, and... just everything, I, I just listened and listened and listened and listened and uh, bought radio and podcast and and I still listen to all of that, you know, uh, R.C. Spro, John MacArthur, Piper, uh, you know, I, I wish there were some uh, Spurgeon tapes you could get, but <laughs> that was a a little before, you got you got to read Spurgeon. <laughs> And I do read, but I, I still just can't get enough of uh, of God. He's he's beautiful, but that Lord Jesus is 
particularly beautiful. And I think he's God, too. (laughs) (laughs) How long? Do you know how long of a, like how many years it was since that initial prick with your conversations at night to the book to you getting baptized? Do you know how how many years that was? Uh, that that would not even remotely become closing to be years. That would be something in the range of uh, pricking my heart and baptism would be more in the range of six months. Okay. Okay. Yep, sure would be. A wow. total 180-degree wow. change in your thought process, yeah. your life, awesome. oh, everything. Wow. Just, you know, the old has passed away, and thanks to the Lord God, the new is, uh, uh, oh, my goodness. Um, wow. and, 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 and again, so and still apologize. I'm so sorry, Father, for threatening you. She belongs to you. My wife is yours to do with what you want when you get good and ready. So is my daughter. So is my next breath. So is everything I own. It all belongs to you. Um, I, and I try to listen. What would you like me to do with what is yours? Um. So that's a good, a, a good statement there. Living by faith, as as Christians, we have to live by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, your daughter, which you have mentioned a couple times already, you have kind of been faithful in letting her go out into the world, and she is on the other side of the world in Korea currently teaching English. Mm-hmm. What is that wow. like as as a father? Uh, a recent believer, but I mean, this is kind of a universal thing that any parent can understand. Letting your child go out into the world and having faith that God is going to look after her or them. That God is going to look after them or not. Uh, And when I say or not, something dreadful could happen. And that, that can be the not, but at the same time, he will be looking after them because mm-hmm. he, she, they will be with him. Mm-hmm. And what more can you ask? Uh, the, uh, but yes, and, and you know, and, and she was a believer all along too. Um, and I always was, was hoping, you know, that uh, she wouldn't ask me questions about, you know, Daddy, how come you don't. Which she would occasionally. Well, I just like to go fishing, honey. So, uh, you know, you and mommy go have a good time. Uh, uh, but I, because, you know, she was a child. But after the Lord saved me, we had so many conversations about God. And again, people coming in there and sitting in that barber chair, you know, haircuts that should take 15 minutes would go for an hour and 15 minutes because <laughs> we're talking about God. I mean, oh, just every chance you get, let's talk about God. And it was so good to talk about God. Still is good to talk about God. He's, he's just so amazing, his wonders to behold. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, but we did, we, uh, Michelle and I just had to, okay, honey. And 
we wished that she was going to North Korea on a mission trip to teach English, you know, and share the word of God, but she's not. Um, and how much sharing she's been doing, uh, I don't know, but uh, I, it, not as much as I would like, I would say, but, um, you know, just acting Christ-like in front of people can uh, cause them to glorify their Father in heaven. But uh, she is God's to do with what he wants. Um, Boy, the way Job put it, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we alluded to this at the beginning a little bit. Some pool hall antics. You used to uh, run in a couple pool halls back in your younger years. Picked up a couple good um, habits there on the old billiards table. You have schooled me in those many a time here over the last year or so. Can you see how God worked then to maybe do some things in your life that carried over until you later when you became a Christian? I, all, all I can imagine looking back is that by his amazing grace he had me in his book of life since the foundation of time and he was saving until i turned 50 years old because his timing is perfect um and anything prior to then uh it's hard for me to say it, it was ever productive for anything it you know it just seems like those previous 50 years i was dead as paul's puts it mm-hmm. you were dead um so it's kind of random but as far as the bible what was your opinion of the bible when you were before you were christian was it i mean was it just a book or did you have any kind of what was your opinion of it yeah, uh, just a book that was full of contradictions uh, and stories that could not be substantiated. Gotcha. Uh, just a, a big work of fiction. Gotcha. And again, you know, back to Lee Strobel and his case for Christ. I mean, his whole purpose was... I will show my wife that this is a bunch of crap, and then she'll quit taking my money to the church. Mm-hmm. And, of course, by the time he got through looking into it, mm-hmm. he became quite the believer. Mm-hmm. Because it is, there are no contradictions. Uh, if you really read it, it's amazing how it just from one end to the other is so intricately connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, over four or 5,000 years of writing, how many different authors, I mean, you just cannot write that, uh, you know, it, you, you can't do it. Uh, and there's so many, and again, these apparent paradoxes in doctrine I was talking about earlier, you know, editors, don't want that they get that out of there you know god's either this or he's this you know it's i mean simple things like 
who wrote the book of Romans? I ask you stuff. Who wrote? Paul. Paul. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the Holy Spirit? Did Was the Holy Spirit involved in that? I'd say so. So was it Paul or the Holy Spirit that wrote Romans? And the only answer to that is, who wrote the book of Romans, Paul or the Holy Spirit? Mm. Yes. That's the only answer. <laughs> I mean, every word of it, without question, is the personality of Paul. I mean, you can tell Paul from James or Peter. Mm. I mean, that's Paul writing. Mm. But it is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, without question. So, you know, did Paul write a verse and the Holy Spirit write a verse and Paul write a verse? No. <laughs> You know, so, you know, how do you put that together? How do you, uh, you know, rationalize that? Well, you can't. Mm. You, you just can say, you know, who wrote it, Paul or the Holy Spirit? Yes. You know, another one, Jesus Christ. Now, was he man or God? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who lives your daily Christian life? Is that you? Daniel or Christ in you? Yes. Yes. Let's pick it up on that. That's right. That's right. Sharp. All right. So we're, we're going to, let's see, do you want to end with the heavy question or end with the light question? Let, let, let's end with the light question. Let's end with the light question. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. So today, with all your experience, if you were to meet an atheist on the street, or if there happens to be an atheist who is listening to this podcast, what would you tell them? Well, f first of all, I, 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 you have to tell them about Jesus, that Jesus Christ was a real person. He lived and he died. He is alive today. And, and that is critical. His resurrection is critical to our faith. Um, I, I know you think that you're probably a good person, but you have to consider your goodness compared to the standard of God. And I do not care how good you are. You are absolutely filthy when compared to the perfection and beauty of God. And you need his help to be cleansed of that. Um, but I want you to know that Jesus Christ is real and that he did die for your sins um, and was resurrected and is alive today. Now, that being said, I wouldn't... I don't feel the need to go any further because until the Lord opens their heart, it will go right over their head. There are so many walking. They're well aware of Jesus Christ. They, they know, but I knew about Jesus Christ for my 50 years. I, you know, I, I had read parts of the Bible, um, I, I, I knew, but I suppressed that truth. Um, I was dead in my sin, and until 
the Lord Jesus stands out outside of your body of a dead tomb of sin and says, Tim, come out. You know, only he can speak life into you. And until he does, you're dead. Um, the Lord is just crystal clear on that point. Um, no one, you know, he says in John 6, no one. Well, who do you mean, Lord? Uh, does that mean everyone? Yeah, that's exactly right. No one can come to me unless condition, unless the Father in heaven sends them to me. You cannot come to Jesus until God the Father sends you. But you know, the uh, the Lord is crystal clear in directing us. We are to go into all of the nations and share that word, share that gospel. Um, you know, I, I love Romans, Romans, love Romans. You know, in chapter 9, Paul spends a great amount of time trying to explain to you how it is God who makes these decisions. It is God who picked this person over that person. It is God who chose to save this person and not that person um, because he is the potter. And since when does any clay have the right to ask the potter, why did you make me a centerpiece for the dining room table and you made me a what they used to call a slop jar or a night jar. <laughs> and, of course, the clay has more right to gripe to the potter than we do to God for his decisions. And then, so beautifully and apparently paradoxically, Paul goes into maybe it's chapter 11 and says, but how in the world are they going to believe if they don't hear? Now, how are they going to hear if they're not preached to? Now, how are they not going to be preached to if nobody sends them? You know, oh, okay, but you just said that God decides. What I'm saying is, how are they going to believe if they don't hear? So, go preach to them. Okay, so, so is it God deciding or is it spreading the gospel? Yes. <laughs> All together now. <laughs> Feel a trend coming on. That's right. Man, it's, you just have to accept it. Uh, his ways are higher than our ways. And thank goodness for that. I, I mean, I am so thankful. I cannot figure God out. Absolutely. So you, you've kind of you said it in a different way. Uh, you've mentioned fishing a couple of times. And you were mentioning, you know, literal fishing, going out into the water in some way to fish for fish. Mm -hmm. But you have alluded to it, especially here at the end, that you have become a fisher of men, as Jesus said. And you are spreading the gospel and pulling people into the love of Christ, showing them, directing them for his salvation. Um, but... The other side, we're we're we're, sti we're sticking with the the physical side here, the earthly side. Will you take me fishing? I've asked. Now here's the backstory. I, I, I've dropped many hints of 
See, Tim, Tim and Wilson. Wilson is another guy who frequents here to uh, in our, our little men's group we have. And uh, they talk about going fishing. And, oh, man, we, we caught 38 yesterday. And all the, I'd love to go with you guys. I'll bring snacks. I, many hints have been dropped. I'll bring snacks. I'll bring no snacks. invitations have been extended. So we're putting the pressure on. Wow. And you can, you can say no. Sounds like will, a closed club right there. Will I ever get an invite into the fishing club of Tim and Wilson? Does he stick with the trend? See, what what, uh, what a non-fisherman does not understand. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's what I think. Before he answers, I'm going to just cut him off like that. I think he doesn't want to give up his honey hole. Like He's got some spots, and I think he just doesn't want to gotcha. make them known. Bingo. There you go. Got him. <laughs> yeah, uh, we could probably arrange to, you know, to put a black hood over your head, uh, and then I let's see, could you fish blindfolded? Like, uh, well, if if you left your phone at home, so there would no be, you know, no GPS signals. Uh. Well, see, I, I number one, I don't own a boat. You all go out on a boat. So I couldn't get back to where you go. Okay, okay. Number two, I don't own a fishing pole, so I'm going to need to borrow some of that <laughs> tackle and and whatnot anyway. So uh-huh. if for some reason I did drop a pin and could get back to the spot, I couldn't catch them. I'd have to spear fish, I guess. I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the only thing you get out of this deal is my presence. That's, that, that's it. What, so, what a bonus. The, the joy of, and I'll bring snacks. I will bring snacks. I think his answer was no. That's what it sounded like. I think, I think that was a no. Yeah. I think that was a no. You know, the only reluctance I ever have in, in taking someone fishing is it, it, it just breaks my heart. If it's been one of those days, like I have had – a thousand times when we don't catch anything you know i mean i won't so but you know father please just let them catch the fish i I don't i don't need just please let them catch the fish um and sometimes it just doesn't happen and anyway and and i must also say we must go back because I, i i cannot um uh, except on false pretenses, uh, I do not consider myself a fisher of men. I, I do not feel like I do a good job of leading people to the gospel uh, or, or or to faith. Um, so I, I don't want any credit there. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to do better at that. But uh, well, we we're as not well. as Christians. We should not be seeking credit because right. we cannot save anyone it's, that's it's, exactly right it's god through the blood of jesus that right. saves period case every closed. person amen but amen. like you said earlier the example we live mm-hmm. is is fishing for men mm-hmm. what other people see through us and and I, I told these guys and i would tell anyone i would never have known you were an atheist for 50 years or for five mm-hmm. minutes in the the year mm-hmm. or so that I have known you, mm-hmm. that never I, I would have bet against it. Hmm. Well, so that is you are displaying the fruits of God, the fruit that He has blessed you with, and that is fishing for men, even if it's not. Sit down, let me tell you everything mm-hmm. about the gospel. Mm-hmm. There there are many ways to live an example because, like you talked about, an atheist or someone who is, you know, not 
not necessarily an atheist, but is not following God in any way, if you just quote a bunch of Bible verses, it's going to go right over their head. Mm-hmm. You have to have yeah. the relationship. You have to yeah. have the interpersonal skills to yeah. sit down and just talk to them, get mm-hmm. to know them as a person and share with them in mm-hmm. that way. So yeah. while we are, should not be taking credit, we are fishers of men, whether we, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, whether we choose to accept that or not, or how we live that out, we can live that out to different degrees, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But but we are all an example. You can be a good example or a bad example, mm-hmm. but we are all examples for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're exactly right. You know, do not shun them. It, it's the relationship. Uh, I mean, look at the example of our Lord Jesus, you know, just the constant perfect example for us, but the way that, you know, who you see him hanging out with, it, it is always sinners and mm-hmm. people from the IRS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess with that, it's time for the Bible verse. And, uh, you know, if you didn't catch it, he did blow off my uh, fishing invitation. So we'll we just let it. that ride. We caught it. I'll have to uh, beat him in a game of one pocket or something downstairs. <laughs> yeah, one day to doesn't look that like that's going to happen either. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> Brack but, uh, but, uh <laughs> Well, let's end this thing with the Bible verse. So kind of rare, rare, rarefied air, rarefied territory. I don't know. But normally the guests just sit back and soak in the Bible verse. There's been very few that have actually gotten to share their favorite. We try not to put the pressure on them too much. But but Tim has one he's going to throw at us here. Well, uh, once I found it, I am uh, super ashamed. I could not recall it because... It is, duh, uh, we all know it, and we know it well, Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. However, I like to include 29 and 30 uh, particularly. So um, the word of the Lord says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Now whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified." What I particularly love about verse 30 is the very last word, glorified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, he is talking about the four of us, but glorified is past tense. None of us have been glorified yet, but it is such a guarantee from God that Paul puts it in the past tense. That's how much you can bank on it happening. He puts it in the past tense. It's going to happen. And we cannot end any better than that. That is the exclamation point. That is the the cherry on top. So thank you very much for listening. Tim, thank you very much for coming and sharing your story um, with with us and everyone else. We, we, um, so very thankful that you agreed to do it. 
the pleasure was all mine. Uh, it turned out a lot better than I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you again for listening. We will see you all again next week here on GPS to God. Thank you for listening to GPS to God. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you happen to listen or watch. And make sure you turn on the notifications so you know when new episodes air.